0: Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an April 2nd Sunday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host for today, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer. Sometimes the Associated Press, Blazers Edge, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have a wide variety of podcasts that cover uh, probably your favorite NBA or NFL teams on the daily uh, at least uh, four or five times a week. So definitely go check out those podcasts. We also have NBA, NFL, College basketball, women's basketball, uh, everything that you need, NFL draft, uh, we, we, we've got you covered there. So, uh, welcome back to Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, yesterday, uh, as I mentioned on the podcast, was a day that uh, supporting my school took precedent. Uh, I was rooting for the Oregon Ducks in the Final Four was watching that game was hanging out with some friends, some fellow ducks uh fellow uh people who went to Oregon and uh friends of mine and had a great time uh and obviously it was a, it was a tough loss uh to lose by one point uh to not be able to get a rebound on the missed free throws was disappointing. To not box out the entire game, uh, to not be able to box them out, uh, was, was tough. Uh, also not making any threes for the ducks was really tough. Uh, it was brutal. Uh, and yeah, you know, feeling it a little bit today, uh, feeling it a lot, but, uh, I caught the end of the Blazer game uh, after this after that that game, but I watched, went back and watched the whole Blazer game today. Uh, they did win, although it was a little interesting there, uh, a lot a lot more interesting than I would have expected this game to be. But the Blazers won 117 against the Phoenix Suns on Saturday night. Uh, the game that you're here to talk about. Uh, as I mentioned, it was it was kind of interesting thanks to some really great offense by the Suns to really finish the game in the final three quarters after the Blazers uh, came out and really jumped on the Suns from the very beginning and never really let them get comfortable, never let them get momentum to start the game. But it, it did get close. It's not to say that Phoenix wasn't in this game for a little bit that they didn't make the Blazers a little nervous. The Blazers were led by their backcourt on Saturday night. Dame Lillard had 31 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds on 7 of 16 shooting, 4 of 11 from 3, and he went to the line 13 times and was perfect there. C.J. McCollum had 29 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. Basically, uh basically the same line uh though he was more efficient from the field 10 of 19 5 of 6 from 3 and 4 for 4 from the line the blazers had lots of contributions lots of weird lineups uh they did a lot of different things lots of different looks that we did not ex- you know we didn't nobody really expected to see let's be frank uh at the beginning of the season but now where they are with use of nurkic for at least two weeks that he's going to be out for the remainder of the regular season. Then you also have Ed Davis, who's out for the year and is not going to come back after having shoulder surgery. You have the Festus Azili thing where he's not even with the team right now uh, because he is recovering from a, a, a knee surgery. It is uh pretty, uh, remarkable where the Blazers are with their front court situation. They started Myers Leonard and Noah Vonley, so they didn't really change much of the wing setup. They just did the easy thing because Noah Vonley's been playing so well. They just stick Myers Leonard in there at center. They don't change anything, and it actually worked really, really well for Portland, I thought, even though Myers Leonard didn't have a good night shooting the ball. He was one of four from three, one of five from the field, but The Blazers played well with that starting lineup on the floor, and that lineup was a big reason why the Blazers uh, won the way they did because they set them up with enough of a lead where even though the Suns got hot and made the game really interesting, that they didn't have enough firepower to really make up that deficit. As I mentioned, Portland won... That first quarter uh, by 16 points. They led by as many as 25 points in this one. Devin Booker had 31 for Phoenix. Uh, I thought the guy that really kept Phoenix in it as well was TJ Warren. Really did a nice job of attacking the basket uh, throughout the night to keep Phoenix in the game. And and take advantage of the fact that Portland doesn't have that presence in the middle now without Yusuf Nurkic to really protect the rim. Portland's defense last night was uh not ideal. I and I think the biggest reason why that was was their defensive rebounding. Their defensive rebounding against Phoenix was was a little uh disappointing and something that they definitely have to improve upon in games against the Timberwolves and Jazz that they have this week. They have four games two each against those two teams who are big teams, teams that can really expose Portland's lack of size. Now Phoenix, not really a team that's equipped to do that. They're big men. Uh, as I mentioned, are not that big or uh, really all that good. Uh, you have Allen Williams, who uh, I-, I do like him as uh, just that there's a guy that has love handles that's still making in the league. Uh, it seems like a, it, it's a, an all skinny guy kind of league. Uh, these days it's getting skinnier and skinnier. So shout out to Alan Williams for keeping the uh, chubby guy alive, but he's, you know, I, that's not a guy that uh, I would be scared of, or I think exposes them. Marquise Chris plays a lot of in, in the middle, in the middle for the Suns and he's really small. Alex Len, uh, just has been kind of up and down throughout his career so he hasn't been uh, a guy that's very reliable or very scary and that team out rebounded the Blazers Uh, Chris had 13 rebounds for the Suns so the Blazers have to do a better job of rebounding the basketball if they are going to win any of those games that they have coming up this week Uh, another reason why I waited a little bit to do this podcast is because we were going to get a standings update today with the Nuggets facing the Miami Heat Denver won that game by 3 in Miami an impressive and important road win for the Nuggets if they want any chance of catching Portland Uh, and now the the Nuggets absolutely have new life uh, with the Nurkic injury and they took advantage of that Emmanuel Moutier who has been benched uh for most of the season came up big off the bench for the Nuggets he had 17 points and 9 assists off the bench then you had Danilo Gallinari who had 29 points for the Nuggets so just a real big game uh for Denver and then Nikola Jokic almost had a triple double as well uh so the the Nuggets playing uh, and taking advantage of the, the daylight that they've been given now with this Nurkic injury to try and and make the playoffs again because it looked like they were done uh, as things were going, but then the Nurkic injury happened and Portland did win last night, which was, is important and definitely a good thing, and you don't want to take anything away from a team that won a game. But uh, – this week is going to be huge. You thought that they get over that mountain by beating Denver. Then they get an even more impressive win by beating Houston at home. Then the Nurkic injury comes, and now they've got four big games here uh, and a kind of a compressed schedule. Now, Minnesota is not as good as they were uh, playing a couple of weeks ago, but they may just want to ruin Portland's season. And they have a chance to do that by beating them and opening the door a little bit more for Denver to have a chance down the stretch of this season in these last six games to, to catch the blazers in the standings. They are only two games back with six to go. So Portland's magic number, uh, stays at four, uh, with six games remaining. Denver's schedule coming up is. Uh, I guess the, the thing about Denver's schedule is you don't really know uh, about them because they've been so inconsistent. And they face New Orleans on Tuesday. Who beat them in Denver very recently. Then they face the Rockets, who they, if you look at the standings, they're kind of locked into their seed. Mike D'Antoni kind of talked about this as well this week, that the Rockets kind of know where they are. They know that they've created enough distance between themselves and the teams behind them that they're probably not going to get caught for that third seed. So they're pretty much locked in there. So that could be causing them maybe even some conscious – setbacks or lack of effort, trying to save themselves to the playoffs, what have you. So who knows how Houston's going to approach that game. Maybe it's a, a game where they rest James Harden, who knows? But uh Houston's kind of a team uh in a weird spot right now because they're they're trying to be ready for the playoffs. Uh and they're one of the best teams in the league, but they're just not playing that well right now. So two winnable games definitely for Denver Uh, to close out their five-game road trip then they have two more home games against new orleans and oklahoma city then they close out the season on the road at dallas and at oklahoma city once again so not the easiest schedule but winnable games for denver to get back in this eight seed race it's definitely interesting again especially with the week that portland has and i think Again, while they did win, they got some really nice contributions from uh, all over the roster. Evan Turner had 18 points. He was two of three from three. I thought he was really uh, effective uh, on both ends. Al Aminu played a lot of center for the Blazers last night and, and did a good job. Uh, I've had... I've I've wanted to see that I I I know I said I had some doubts about that in in the limited minutes that I have seen him but uh now he's gonna get even more of a look at the five with super super small ball lineups and I think uh why not you got to put your best players on the court at this point and I don't think it's necessarily worth doing anything else they they really have no other options either so uh and and sometimes with Vonleh and Leonard uh those guys foul a lot so you want to play those guys as much as you can but uh in their natural position and not have to force guys like Aminu to play center but it could work in Portland's favor because with Aminu at center they're pretty fast that that's a hard team to catch up with in the open court when Aminu's the center i think i remember one play where Aminu caught a rebound in transition, threw it to McCollum, uh, and then Aminu sprinted down the floor and right past Allen Williams, and Aminu catches the ball after he gets past him and has a wide-open dunk. So uh, that's the type of stuff you hope to see with a super small lineup, and that's the type of stuff you're going to have to see if Portland is going to win games In these final six games of the season, because while I do think that they all their players have really played well down this second half of the season, especially since the All-Star break, they have really benefited from a lift from Nurkic. So you want to see how these guys can play. You don't know how sustainable that success that they had last night was, especially when they're not rebounding the ball well. Uh, Just for for numbers' sake last night, according to NBA.com, the Blazers' defensive rebounding percentage was less than 70%, and the worst rebounding percentage in the league this season, I believe, is at 75% in in that ballpark range uh 74 uh the New York Knicks. Now granted the 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 Golden State Warriors have shown that if you hit enough three-pointers, you take enough three-pointers, you uh if, if you do that well enough on the defensive end if you can force turnovers, if you can really get into guys faces, uh you know they they've shown that that type of stuff doesn't matter, but uh if you can make it all up in other areas in Portland the way that they made that lack of rebounding up last night, 37 three pointers, which is a really, really high number. Uh, I know that they've, they've put up uh, a lot this season, but uh, that's a pretty high number. Granted, the Suns are not a good team. So uh, they are giving up a lot of threes is, is something that they, you know, probably not something to write home about, but, if Portland's going to have success, that's the type of stuff that they need to do. And when you're playing Myers Leonard, a lot of a lot more minutes. When you're playing Al Aminu at center at times, uh, and and you're just playing a lot of smaller players, that inherently is going to create more opportunities for you to shoot three pointers because you're just going to have a lot more guys on the floor that are comfortable doing it. Uh, some of the other things that we saw last night: Mo Harkless getting a lot of. Touches in the post for the Blazers, which uh, was really interesting. Just really interesting to see how, uh, without Nurkic, how they prioritized getting Harkless the ball, and how uh, it looks like at least they are repurposing some of those possessions uh, that were going to Nurkic on the block, and and turning those into Harkless plays and. W- I'm interested to see how that develops and that it again Harkless another young guy uh, I believe just 23 uh, Mo Harkless so uh, another guy that you can see maybe he develops some of those skills that he, he doesn't have or didn't come in possessing but the team believes that he can develop them because he's such a good athlete uh, because he's such uh, a talented player that he can develop those skills. So uh, interesting to see that now that Nurkic is not available, that they transition some of those possessions, those plays, to get Harkless the ball, and he performed well. He had 13 points, four rebounds, two assists, and a block. Following up another... uh, following up a solid performance against the Rockets. Uh, he played really well against Houston. And it's kind of ironic because they, with, with Nurkic in the fold, we got to see a lot of small ball units. We saw a lot more wing guys play. We didn't see, uh, for instance, it, it was a lighter game for Vonley, Uh But, now Portland is kind of going to this super small identity and you're going to see a lot of uh, new things. And one of those new things last night that we saw was Harkless getting the ball more. Another thing that we saw was really solid play from Noah Vonlay and uh, you have to hope that that continues. They did a really nice job on the offensive boards. Vonley had five offensive boards for the Blazers. That was one area in the rebounding that they did do well on was offensive rebounding. And that certainly helps them. That certainly helps create second chances, second chance three-pointers, which are, are always big. And if Vonley can play well, play with the confidence that he showed last night against some really tough matchups this week in Utah and Minnesota, then that will go a long way towards helping the Blazers keep this two-game lead in the Western Conference standings because the schedule with the back-to-backs and and facing teams that can get to know you a little bit more and zero in, it's a little bit, I think, like uh, a a playoff type of situation where uh, both of these teams are going to get extended looks at you and can pinpoint things after one meeting into the second meeting. So it's going to be tough to come out with a winning record at all in this scenario, I think. But uh, if they're going to do that, they're going to need positive play like they got from Vonley last night. And I think that the contributions that Myers Leonard gave them were also really positive and, and, and they're going to need him to provide spacing him to create uh, room for the guys to penetrate because uh, now that Nurkic isn't there, they have to play like that. They can't they they have to play with the guys that they have and and, and play to the the strengths of those guys. And and what admires his strength when he's out on the court is is setting picks and 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 creating space for guys to drive the lane and that's on the guards to drive. That's on uh Harkless to be able to finish opportunities with rim protectors out of the paint. That's going to be obviously on Lillard and McCollum who are going to have to deliver even more than they already do and uh both played extended minutes last night. Uh both had major games and they're going to have to continue that uh in some some tougher matchups than than the lowly Phoenix Suns who have now lost 11 straight games. So Portland is off today, Sunday, but uh, they will be the only NBA game tomorrow uh, when they face the Timberwolves in Minnesota. This is the makeup game for the floor condensation fiasco that we had back in March. The Blazers will be the only NBA game that is playing tomorrow alongside the college national championship, North Carolina and Gonzaga, which should be a good game. But that is happening tomorrow. Then they fly the next. They fly that night. They're going to be heading to Salt Lake City to face the Jazz, uh, in Utah, which is going to be a very tough game. the The Jazz are a, a very solid team. They lost today in San Antonio, but uh, that uh, that happens when you go to San Antonio sometimes. I'm I, I'm a little worried about the Blazers right now. I, I know that they won this game, but uh, the the lack of rebounding is a little bit concerning. Maybe they can turn it around by uh, going to even more three point shooting, creating even more uh, three point looks, and 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 playing faster and playing smaller. Uh, th- that uh, maybe the way that they have to do it. It seemed like that was kind of the way they did it last night. Their pace was. Uh, pretty far out for for how uh how they normally play uh they have played with increased pace uh recently but uh their pace last night was at 104 according to nba.com and uh that is about seven possessions higher than their per game so that's really that's a that's quite the jump so uh maybe that's what we're going to see and i think Uh, if they're going to win, if they're not going to be as strong of a rebounding team without Nurkic, if they're going to, uh, rely on the three point shot, they're going to have to get more possessions into a game to make the math work into their favor. So, uh, they're going to jack up a lot of threes. They're going to get a lot of possessions. They're going to run, they're going to play small and, uh, the rebounding may suffer. That's going to be something, uh, that they're going to have to deal with on the defensive end, perhaps, uh, but they're going to have to make it up in in other areas as we mentioned like three point shooting like pace and, and and we'll see if that can keep them on track to uh make this playoff date with the Golden State Warriors it's a it's a post Nurkic world it's going to be kind of weird uh as i mentioned uh, we're going to see lots of small lineups it's going to be it's going to be very odd but uh it, it's giving young guys an opportunity to try new things like Harkless, like Von Ley, uh like Myers, Leonard. It's letting it's letting guys that wouldn't have had these opportunities otherwise uh, get their feet wet so to speak. So uh that's another way to to look at this stretch here uh without Nurkic and without pretty much any big men other than Von Lay and Leonard. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting opportunity to see guys kind of get stretched out into, uh, and, and be asked to do things that they're normally not asked to do. So, uh, there's going to be a lot more on these guys, but, uh, I, I'm kind of excited to watch it because these guys were paid uh, a lot of money and on the whole, they haven't lived up to that, uh, that payday that they all got. And, uh, with the expectations and not meeting them, and how they've been this season, so now you have an opportunity for pretty much every guy that got paid uh, a, a solid contract. Obviously, you know CJ McCollum has proved that he's worth that. Mo Harkless has had a a really solid year, but he has a chance to say, "Hey, I'm underpaid." Uh, and 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 Crab and and Turner have opportunities to to really show what they're worth right now. In this stretch, where they're going to be asked to do things that uh, aren't necessarily in uh, the job description, or uh, not necessarily not not in the job description, but just uh, things that they uh, haven't really been asked to do yet, because this team ha- was so deep and and was so uh, log jammed in a lot of different positions, but now that uh, the big men have been depleted, pretty much. Uh, now, a lot of these guys, these smaller, uh, these wing players, uh, especially guys like Crabb, Turner, Myers-Leonard, that got big extensions that have not had great seasons to, to really prove that they're worth that. So uh, that's going to be my final takeaway uh, for this edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Blazers have a two-game lead following Denver's win and their and Portland's win on Saturday. So six games to go, two-game lead for the eighth seed. It's getting tight. Big important game tomorrow in Minnesota for Portland. So that's going to do it. We will be back after that one. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play tune in FM wherever you can get a podcast uh, we're in all of the podcast apps so I'm sure whatever which whichever one you use you can find us there if you'd like to leave us a review we'd really appreciate that five stars is always uh, the type of review that we would want uh, and if you'd like to advertise with us you can email me at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com and you can Slide into the DMs at Lockdown Blazers on Twitter. You can follow me at Eric underscore Gunderson. Until next time when the Blazers face the Minnesota Timberwolves Monday in Minnesota.